everybody, welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and as always, you can tweet us using the Twitter handle at Media Review Pod with the hashtag Media Review Pod. You can also send us an email at MediaReviewPod at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or suggestions. And you can also leave a voicemail by calling 407 603 5847. And another little but, you know, very consequential thing. Um, it would be great if you guys can rate and review the show by going to our page on Apple Podcast. And this helps us to get noticed and hopefully get more listeners. So, today, I wanted to discuss something that's probably in everybody's mind this weekend. Here with me today, in full color, is one person I wish would still be in show business. But hey, he's had a calling in his life, and he's killing it, doing it. Coming to us live from an undisclosed area near where our new president will be inaugurated, please welcome ex-producer, political activist, an all-around MCU super fan, J.C. Chan. <sighs> J.C., welcome to the show. Thanks, Richard. Good to be here. How's it going? It's going, man. Um, it's exciting, crazy times to be living in in this undisclosed area. Uh, <laughs> and um, no, I live in I live in Northern Virginia. Uh, I can tell people that's fine. Um, right. Where we're far enough from the action, but close enough to have uh, have it be a personal impact. Right. Um, Let's not say too much where you are, because we uh, you can get hacked by the FBI, the CIA. You never know. That's true. That's true. Right. They're probably listening on us right now, so it's all right. <laughs> I I do not doubt that. I do not doubt it at all. All right, man. So it's it's been a while. Uh, I haven't seen you in what, like, ten years, nine years, maybe. Pro, yeah, I think well, the last time I saw you, I visited you when you were still living living in in Southern California. Yeah, and that was yeah. like the last time. And then you moved, you know, to Disney World, and that was it. <laughs> yes, I did. I moved to good old Florida. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, JC was one of my producers in one of the short films that I did and he was great. He was awesome actually. Uh I remember JC used to do a bunch of stuff that nobody else wanted to do. And the thing is JC came into the project kind of midway, right? I mean we were already we were already going and we had our producers and then JC came in and he took care of so so many things uh i remember him sweating so much about you know little stuff uh just just so that i would remain calm and and not stress out myself uh but that that was a fun project and i i really really wish that i i uh, would have been able to work with you again on, on some capacity uh in either a movie or we haven't worked together um 
uh since yeah since uh fragments i remember fragments like it was yesterday my mm-hmm. and, and i was sweating because that was the first time i was working with with esteemed filmmakers from the school of cinematic <laughs> arts at usc so i was like oh my god i'm in the big leagues now i can't mess up and uh <laughs> And hopefully I didn't mess up too much on your shoot. Um, no, man. I, I ate a lot of food. That's for sure. I'm, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I apologize for eating, you know, half your budget away <laughs> and crafty. But uh, <laughs> that was good times, though. Yeah. 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 It was it was uh, it was good. It was it was a very big learning experience for everybody. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm curious why. What made you do this about face and and do what you're doing now? Well, I mean, it's I guess it's two about faces now. Before I wanted to have a career, um, you know, in film, you know, mm-hmm. producing and whatnot. But then, um, unfortunately, I quickly realized there wasn't much money there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or at least you know, it's a slow burn and slow start. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I pivoted, uh, you know, to to my family business at the time, which uh, well still family business but i'm not in it anymore which is which is a uh, financial planning um i joined my mom's practice and eventually came out and, and had my own practice and then mm. um made another pivot three years ago when when uh you know my uh me and my then girlfriend uh at the time uh moved out to, to dc she got a job out here so dropped that and ended up you know doing a um software engineering boot camp and now i am a, a software engineer and uh and a contractor building building stuff uh, using taxpayer money. So that is another pivot. But I, I will say that film is it always has a place in my heart. And you know, if I ever get to a place where I'm making, you know, enough money, I will definitely be down to invest in indie productions. Um, right. I'm not there yet, so please don't you know hit me up on Twitter or anything <laughs> like that asking for money. I am definitely not there yet, but there will be a day where I think it'll be a chance to pay back to all the. Uh, amazing up and up and coming talent, you know, and, and right. help fund their I am dreams. Writing this down right <laughs> now, just uh, as a note, and there you go. You still have the same phone number, right? There you go. I do. Yeah, you hit me up anytime in ten years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So just. Just before we discuss what we're going to discuss, uh, and f- for all of you out there, um, we're, this is going to be a fairly loose podcast, not the usual structured podcast that we do. Um, but we're going we're gonna to talk about WandaVision. I just wanted to get this podcast in before the third episode uh, airs or streams or whatever they're calling it these days. Uh, so we're recording this on uh, Monday right after the first two episodes came out on uh, Disney+. Plus, So we're, we're, that's what we're going to do in this episode. But before that, you know, let's let's warm up, JC. Tell me, where were you born and raised? Uh, born and raised in Los Angeles. And All right. I was one of those guys that, had you asked anybody, I think you included, you know, they would probably tell you I would live in Los Angeles my entire life, but you know, life, life changes and, mm-hmm. um, things come along and you never know. And next thing I know, I was on the East coast and been here for three years now. <laughs> All right. And h- how are you liking that? It's, you know, it's different. Um, I will say that it's not bad. I mean, I think it's like, it's, it's, I'm getting used to it, you know, um, and it, it looks like we're going to be East coasters, you know, for, 
for the foreseeable future. So um, I don't want to talk too much smack about the East Coast. But uh, one thing I will say is that, you know, I still miss the good Asian food, which you just cannot find here in here in the D.C. area. So um, that's why I need to make a trip back to L.A. Well, three trips back to L.A. on average since we moved here, but zero the past year for obvious reasons. But um, mm. yeah, looking forward to getting my my Taiwanese food fix when I get back to L.A. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, the reason, well, one of the big reasons that I brought you here is that WandaVision is based on Marvel Comics. And even though I have a passing knowledge of of comics, I have never really collected any of them or read many of them or delved into any of this um, expanded universe within the comics. So I know you're a super comics fan. So I just wanted to know when, when did you, when did, when did this spark come to you? Have you always been deep into comics or did this come late in life? Yeah, I was, I was into comics, you know, when it was before it was cool. (laughs) So, so, I think it may have been um, the Superman animated series that was on on uh, WB, like as a, a you know a show that was on a phenomenal cartoon that was uh, that was on you know in the afternoon when I came home from school and then I got really into Superman that way and then and then I you know saw Superman comic one day and then I ended up buying it and got into all these different characters. I was actually more of a DC fan. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I was like, you know, in his Superman, I was a super, huge Superman fan. Um, and, and that's kind of how I got started. And then I read the Justice League comics um, and then, you know, got into the animated shows through that. Uh, mm-hmm. Marvel was something that, that came along later, you know, because I was I was kind of interested in seeing, OK, what else was out there? Um, and so, you know, I bought a few Marvel comics and then and then I realized, oh, wow, this, this you know, there's it's very different, you know, Justice League. And DC Comics, the superheroes are like our gods, you know, they're like, they're kind of like presented as being perfect and looked up up to in society versus, you know, I think the draw of Marvel has always been the characters are flawed. They're just human beings who happen to have um, uh, all these, you know, crazy abilities and superpowers. So that that became more um, attractive to me. Um, you know, as, as time went on and then, um, I got into the, the civil war series, which Marvel did, um, oh gosh, I want to say back in 2000, some 2000 something. And then that was kind of like a big, you know, crossover event with all of the different characters going up against one another, um, which the, the movie Captain America Civil War covered, and, and that really got me into the Marvel, um, you know, comics universe. So, animation first, then comics, and then we have this, for me, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to top. I'm talking about the MCU, because it is a cinematic achievement that is unequaled by any, I believe. And so... When Iron Man was coming out, were you aware of how big this was going to be? Or were you just like like me, just waiting for another just comic book movie to come out? Honestly, I wasn't even interested in Iron Man because he's like a... 
he wasn't even in my radar. I mean, I knew I knew about him um, maybe because of an animated show, but when I heard they were gonna make Iron Man the movie, I said, "All right, fine, sure." What about you? Well, you know, Iron Man was something I did not even know about. I think most people didn't know about until they ended up showing a, a trailer at Comic-Con um, and people were just, wow, you know, kind of blown away by it. And then that was kind of how, how it got announced. But even then, I didn't know much about it. Um, well, I knew I knew Iron Man from, you know, again, the cartoons when I was a kid, but like it was never, you know, Iron Man never had the same standing that it has now, which I think rivals Superman and Batman now. Mm. Um I think, you know, at the time I, I was just all about the dark Knight. you know, that, that was like the big franchise everybody was following because, you know, you had Heath Ledger who was going to play a Joker. They had the crazy viral, um, you know, marketing. And so I was more excited about, you know, the, the dark Knight than anything. And then, and then Iron Man just kind of dropped it in theaters and, and one of my friends was like, Hey, you want to go see it? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I went to see it. And at the time I was like, I remember thinking, Oh, this is really fun. This, this is really good. Um, and then, you know, and then my friend was had after seeing dark Knight, he's like, I think Iron Man's better. And I was like, you're kidding me. Right. And so <laughs> dark, dark Knight was kind of like the, um, the movie of the summer Iron Man at the time was just kind of, you know, and it was a great comic book movie, but nobody knew what it would become of it, you know? Right. Um, but Kevin Feige, he knew, he knew the star producer of, uh, of Marvel studios. He knew, and, and, uh, one of your fellow USC alums. So you guys can claim the Marvel cinematic universe. How, how about, how about we get, we get, uh, Kevin Feige, a special Oscar for, producing oh absolutely this entire cinematic universe i mean it's 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 like i said it's something that's unrivaled i don't think it's gonna ever be topped because the way that they have been able to consistently make good movies there are some that are okay but still they're enjoyable they're fun and they kind of redid the comic book formula you know, comparing it, like you said, to The Dark Knight, which was, the trend was go gritty, right? And they they tried that with Superman. And they tried to s start this other DC universe with this gritty type Try of thing. Try being the key word. Sorry. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. Jump in whenever you, you want. a lot of hate mail after that. <laughs> um, but but I, I think they Marvel kind of stumbled into this new formula of making superhero movies that just works it works every single time even though uh, there are production problems production issues um casting issues they find a way to make it work and um, i think a lot of it is because they are so cognizant and respectful of the source material, but at the same time, they're willing to, to give it a new spin. You know, um, I, I brought up civil war earlier, the movie captain America, civil war, while smaller in scope, hmm. I felt was better than the, the comic book series because the comic book series was a little bit more convoluted. It had some shocking moments, you know, but if you looked at captain America, civil war, the, 
motivations behind, you know, why Tony would stand on one side and, 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 and Captain America would stand on the other completely made sense. And it was built upon because of all these movies that came before. So, you know, it was, it made it difficult to take a side, um, you know, and that was like the whole marketing, right? Take a side. But in the end, you didn't take a side. Like when they were fighting, you know, I think I personally just felt uncomfortable. It's like, it's seeing like two best friends fight each other. Right. And I think that that is a testament, you know, like because you care about these characters so much mm. because, you know, everything's character driven. And again, going back to, to the, to the folks at Marvel, they, they're doing, they, they're, it's like a like a love letter to all these different characters and comics every time they put out a movie you know it's not like oh we're gonna slap something together and you know we're because we need a we need a we need to create a universe which is which is you know how dc often feels right um wonder woman 84 i don't know if you talked about that in a previous podcast but no oh boy it's just what a mess that was um you know only i would say only redeeming factor would be the great performances um you know especially pedro pascal like watch him in anything now um but like that story which is a mess and you didn't have much attachment to those characters Mm -hmm. Um, all right so so let's let let me start be there and and let's just go back a little bit because dc started this uh well tried to start this universe right um and they took the shortcut right instead of building on the characters on stories they said all right we'll just jump from this to that and from this to that and then we'll do justice league and it just it didn't work at all i mean i enjoyed um man of steel i think it was an okay movie i i i own it I, I, I like it. I, I would say I like 90% of that movie. I like uh, all of it except probably the third act because that fight was just way too long, way too much collateral damage. Um, and, you know, having having Superman snap Zod's neck was just so out of character. I personally felt for this character that, you know, that I've come to personally, I feel like I, I have a relationship with, and I just mm-hmm. felt like, you know, credit to Zack Snyder for the visuals and the cinematography and uh, all that, but he just does not understand Superman. At least I personally feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a comic book fan or anything like that. So all I know about Superman is Christopher Reeve and Brandon Routh. Who did the Superman Returns? Yep. The animated show, and this, and you know. Yeah. So, so when when it came to that at the end, I said, "All right, well, this is an interesting way of of having this character become Superman," which is, I I think, I think it's something that he's probably not going to do ever again. Mm-hmm. And it's probably something that if they made a second Man of Steel movie, which is, I think, the way they should have gone, it's something that was worth exploring, right? How this affected him. Instead, they chose to go, again, the shortcut and do the Batman v Superman, which I'm not a fan of. 
even the extended edition, which I own. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love Wonder Woman in that movie. I think she's great when she comes in. That's great. But that whole third act is terrible, in my opinion. Uh, and it, it just, all those threads that they were pulling at in, in Man of Steel, they just had to kind of put on the side and then focus on introducing this other new character. It, and it, it just, it, it felt like a shortcut. Even when I was watching the movie, it felt like a shortcut. And then I was just very unimpressed, disillusioned. And then I saw Wonder Woman, and I think that movie was wonderful. It was, I, I really, really enjoyed that movie. And again, the third act is very, very problematic. But, but still, I think that movie has so much going for it. It, it explores new themes. It's from a different point of view, a different perspective. Um, and I was hoping, I made a podcast about Wonder Woman, and I remember in that podcast me saying, I hope this is the way the uh, DCEU goes. Yeah, I think, I thought Wonder Woman was like the step in the right direction. I, I think they, they kept that step. Um, you know, they kept that direction going in Aquaman. I felt too. I actually enjoyed Aquaman. You know, I, I watched it and I was like, Hey, this is, this is fantastic. Like, you know, it was entertaining. Um, uh, of course you could put Jason Momoa in anything. I think you'd be entertained. He's just such a funny guy. Um, you know, which it's funny. We're talking about Cal Drogo this way, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, no, he was, he was great. Um, and I thought that the battles were really well done. So I had a lot of high hopes, actually, for Wonder Woman 84. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it just felt like they took so many steps backwards with that. And kind yeah. of back to back to the the lazy writing, you know, that had been unfortunately been kind of the signature of the DCEU um, after, you know, the previous mentioned films that you, you talked about, which is the third acts. They're just trying to be, you know, have been slapped together uh, and it just didn't resonate nearly as much um, or brought the movie down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except in the case of Wonder Woman 84, that was the entire movie. I felt, you know, um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if it's like, because yeah, I, I hope it's not Patty Jenkins because she's supposed to do a star Wars movie. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Uh, hey, we haven't had any issues with star Wars movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh man, we're gonna be here for another hour. We're gonna talk about that. But uh, um, wait, real, real quick, real yeah. quick. I just want to gauge your feelings here. How do you feel about the sequel trilogy? Just real quick, yay or nay? I felt we're talking about Star Wars. I felt even <laughs> yes, about I felt even even with all the problems the last. Jedi had and I'm I'm probably amongst the camp you know that is more forgiving of it um I know there's a huge vocal part of the fan base that's like this is the worst thing that's ever been made and you know I would give my firstborn for it to be unmade and made not canon um, full disclosure I love the last Jedi okay all, all right. right see I, I you know I I thought I thought it was it was good. I didn't think it was, uh, you know, I didn't think it was great. I, I, I didn't agree with a lot of the choices um, that 
you know, Ryan Johnson made. But I think we can all universally agree that The Rise of Skywalker was probably the worst Star Wars movie ever made. It's and that's including trash. Jar Jar Binks in the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it did its job in bringing together the fan base, you know, the people who love The Force Awakens and the people who hated The Last Jedi together and its hate for it. Um, and it's just unfortunate, you know. I think I think had had they stuck the landing with uh, Rise of Skywalker, I think we'd be talking about the sequel trilogy in a very different way. But because they didn't stick the landing, now we got to be looking forward to future content that will address that period post, you know, the the destru- redestruction of of Palpatine, which is just the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> um, but hey, thank God for the Mandalorian, man. The Mandalorian has redeemed Star Wars in a way that I never thought it could be redeemed. Um, and, you know, it got the Critics' Choice nomination today, which is phenomenal. Which is, uh, you know, to see it amongst like Better Call Saul and some of the other shows, it's like, wow. Mm. It's like, it's a validation of my Star Wars nerddom, which is my the other thing I'm pretty, you know, kind of fanatic about. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to bring you on here because I am a Star Wars fan and I've done uh, uh, more podcasts about Star Wars than I care to say. Uh, they've all been in Spanish, though. But here's here's the last thing I'm 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 gonna say about uh, the Mandalorian. For me, the series shines its best when it relies on the spirit of what the Clone Wars, the show, was. Mm. When it starts veering from that, for me, I'm gone. I'm checked out. But but when it it embodies what the Clone Wars was, I'm there. I'm super there. Uh, but yeah, w- we can talk about Star Wars later on. Let's let's go let's go back let's go back to uh, to uh, uh, DCEU. For me, an- another another step back was Justice League the movie, because I was I was hoping that they would be able to kind of write what they did wrong on Batman v Superman, but they just stuck themselves even deeper in that movie. And now they're coming out with this they're they're dubbing it the Snyder Cut, right? Which is coming out on HBO Max. And I am not really excited for this. Especially now that I learned that it's gonna be a four hour movie. Yeah. That was that was the huge news drop. I was just like, what? You're going to do a four-hour movie after all the different <laughs> issues that people have had, you know, with with the previous DC movies. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I was actually someone who was pro release of the Snyder Cut, yeah. just because I think it. You know, when it comes out, people are going to be able to see whether or not it really would have been better than the, than the Whedon cut, if you will, mm-hmm. or like the theatrical. Um, and it just shuts people up, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, I was, I was on board the release of Snyder cut train just because I wanted to stop seeing release of Snyder cut everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of want to see it, you know, um, I, there were elements of justice that I actually did enjoy. I think I, you know, I got to admit, like it was still kind of, 
cool to see all those characters all together, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I bet. I mean, for you, you've been a fan for so long. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm probably sure you've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah. It was still not good, but, you know, there were <laughs> parts of it. I was I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, like um, like the Superman and, and Flash racing scene, you know, the which weird, came at the end edited smile aside like you know that was still really cool to see and and it was nice to see superman be more christopher reeve superman again you know like more uh, about instilling hope um and having mm -hmm. hope himself and you know being more of a, a shining beacon uh rather than you know just this dark mopey guy who's trying to figure out what the hell is going on <laughs> with his life um so that was cool to see but which yeah. is cool for the first movie and then in the second movie show me how he learned to be the beacon yeah, of hope exactly and i think that would have worked right yep. yep anyway keep going keep going yeah so so you know i'm i'm looking forward to it i yeah i think it'll finally we'll finally know if it's amazing or if it it was also going to be crap and this movie just was gonna not you know be great uh to begin with um so we'll see we'll see how that turns out all right we have the dc eu and then we had what they're dubbing the end of phase three right yeah or the mcu yeah. ended with uh not end game but spider-man um, right spider-man Yep, kind of as an epilogue, and uh, and that right. you know, so it makes sense that Hollywood wants to make all these franchises because they want you to be connected, you know, to these to these characters and stories that they're putting out. Um, it's just nobody's done it on the level of Marvel, where like, you know, they they release something, people are going to watch it. Yeah. Case in point, WandaVision. You know, yeah. um, I don't know what yeah. the viewing figures are, but people are going to watch it because yeah. well, because everybody's talking been... about it, huh? Everybody's talking about it. No, it's yeah, all, exactly. It's all over. Exactly. It's all over the internet. Yeah, granted, it's not all good though. I think some people are are have some criticisms for it. So, so WandaVision. This is a show that is based off of these two characters, Wanda Maximoff and the Vision, from the MCU. This is the first TV, quote unquote, TV show for. Marvel Studios, right? And it came out on uh, Disney Plus. So if you're a subscriber, you can watch it on Disney Plus. And they came out with with uh, with the first two episodes uh, on Friday. And here's a here's a brief description of the show. I, I copied this from IMDb. It says. WandaVision blends the style of classic sitcoms with the MCU in which Wanda Maximoff and Vision, two superpowered beings living their ideal suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. So, taking that into consideration, JC, what did you think about this show? I personally felt that... If every single show that Marvel is going to do was going to be like this, we're not going to have problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I loved it, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I remember posted on social media. Like I, I was like, this show is freaking weird, but I love it. Like there's just, there's just enough of the entertaining comedy that they're going for. Um, 
but enough of the weirdness sprinkled in for you to be like intrigued with where are they taking this, you know? Mm. Um, and, and I am just absolutely loving, you know, the way that they are playing homages to different decades of, of television and doing it so incredibly well. Um, you know, the, like the, the first episode, I was just like, Oh man, I really felt like I was watching Nick and Knight, you know, as yeah. a kid, uh, you yeah. know, and, um, and I really appreciate, you know, just all the, the, the effort that they put into it. Um, they even had a, a live audience to record the shot. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. But yeah like, you I know, kind of read about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was really cool to kind of see that style brought back, but yet make it part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and make it work. Um, at least I hope it works. You know, I, I don't think we know it works yet, but um, so far I'm liking what I see for sure. All right, and it's it's also great, you know. I think the show relies so much on the the chemistry between Paul Bettany um, and Elizabeth Olsen, which oh my god, they it's just there's it's fantastic. Like the chemistry that they have is, is just it's so great and so enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a, this is a a relationship that we've seen grow along with the movies, right? Mm-hmm. And we're kind of you know we're. We're um we're watching these two characters grow together and their relationship develop together. This is not like we're just thrown into this relationship like that. And I think I think that's part of what makes it work because on its own, if people had no idea who Vision and Wanda are, they would be they would be so lost. So 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 lost. But <laughs> The currency that that Marvel has is that basically everybody has seen the movies, right? Everybody basically knows who these characters are. So in in, in terms of setting up who who they are, they're on the other side. I mean, they don't have to waste their time telling us who these characters are, which is which is a, a testament to to what they've been able to achieve, right? The, I'm talking about Marvel as a studio. Uh, they that that they have they can re- rely on the audience to just know who these characters are without having to explain it. Even in this weird um, throwback of a, of a premise, right? Um, now, f- for my part, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I'm, I'm averse to watching trailers, okay? Mm. If, if it's something that I am interested in watching, right? If it's something like, for example, The Mandalorian Season 2, I wasn't too keen on watching that, right? So I said, oh, what the hell, I'll watch the previews. And I got hooked, I, I have to admit. I saw the previews and I said, all right, I, I'm going to watch it again. But for WandaVision, I knew I wanted to watch it, so I avoided as much as possible all the promos. and I, I knew it was going to be a throwback to the sitcoms of yesteryear, but I had no idea what the what the actual premise was. I I thought it was just maybe a one off, of all right. So maybe one episode is gonna be a, a, a sitcommy Nick at Night type of show, and then the next one's gonna be something else. But it's a full on sitcom. I mean, it's 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 not just here and there. It's it's an entire thirty minute sitcom. In black and white. How do you think this ties into this whole MCU? 
I don't know. And it's so exciting to not know. Um, you know, I think that, I think it'll be unraveled more obviously as, as, uh, you know, as the show goes on, right. We're two episodes in, um, mm-hmm. we have, of nine episodes. And I remember reading, I'm kind of the opposite of you. If I'm really into a show, then I, I'm going to read and watch every piece that gets written about it. And, and <laughs> every trailer, <laughs> Um, although I will say that I've been pretty disciplined in WandaVision. I've only seen one trailer. Uh, that's the, the main one that they released. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't watched like the smaller ones. So there's, I think there's enough for, to, to surprise me still. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, you know, I think, I think like in the, there's going to be longer episodes later on in the show. And I think those are going to be more, um, kind of grounding us back in reality a little bit more in, in the MCU rather than like this, the sitcom world that that you know we're in um that we don't know how it's being created with all these inspirations that they have with the sitcom style of the 60s they also have other stuff that they can rely on which is the actual comic book and as i understand that i haven't read any of it but as i understand it the show is actually based on uh, a a comic book um storyline not only from wanda but from vision as well right can you tell me a little bit more about that yeah so there was um a comic storyline where vision starts his own family and his android family Um, okay and it's it's kind of like the same premise here which is you know you have a family that is completely foreign to this town and they're trying to do their best to fit in, you know, which is kind of the premise of the show. Um, and it was an older comic. So, 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 you know, they were kind of in the same, same setting, same period where, where, you know, it's like a, like American, American town and, uh, you know, a lot of the tropes that we're seeing in the show right now. So, so I think they're basing it a lot, a lot on that. And then, um, uh, you know, and one of the the more prominent theories about like why is this happening is is like this is a reality that Wanda has created to kind of cope with with you know Vision's death in Infinity War um, and and the loss that she's experiencing there, which also stems from the comics. You know, um, it was never like she it was never expressed until like later on that she always had this power to create uh alternate realities um that they really got into in the house of m series where uh you know she basically created or she changed reality so Mm. that there were uh, no more mutants um so that was a big storyline i think they're might be doing something like that here um you know i think that's that's one of the more villain series did she kill off all the mutants yeah or she created in a way she Killed them, but like she created reality where mutants no longer existed. So like a like a like an alternate reality type of thing. I think so. I you know I actually didn't I didn't read that that uh, arc. I think that was okay. like either before I got into Marvel or after. I'm not too sure where that falls on the timeline. Um, but I remember you know as as like I was research you know looking into the show and mm-hmm. looking at what might they might be going you know talk. It, what they might be covering and where they might be inspiration from getting inspiration from. They did talk about house of M. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting given that, um, Marvel now has the rights to start doing some mutant stuff. Yeah. 
So there, there's actually, you know, like on one of the subreddits, I saw a meme where like, um, so the, the, the one, um, illustrated frame where one that was like really popular, really, really famous now from house of M is when Wanda says no more mutants. And that's, that's how it happens. Right. So she says no more, no more mutants and then mutants no longer exist. Um, and someone actually photoshopped that to be, you know, what if Kevin Feige and Marvel is using this as an opportunity to introduce mutants into the Marvel oh. universe. And so like they, they took that frame from the comic and then like they put a comma uh, after no. So it's no more mutants. So I thought that was like really clever, but I don't know if they're going to go that route, but that would be really okay. cool if like, they use this to introduce mutants. But um, uh, I know, I know that is coming, which is pretty exciting too. All right. All right. Well, um, Aside from that, I want to point out uh, the cast, which I think is fantastic. Uh, and this is without any spoilers. We have, aside from from uh, the main characters, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and, and Paul Bettany, we also have Catherine Hahn, who plays Agnes. And she just... She stole this, every scene she's in. She's just fantastic. Even if it's just if it's just for a little bit, it's it's incredible. It's incredible um, the way she she just because she just fits into this whole construct of of the sitcoms so perfectly. It's and I and it's part her. It's part the way she, her character is written. Um, I, I I was very very impressed with what she did, and here's 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 another thing, and and this is probably a little bit spoilery, not too much, but a little bit spoilery, but um, there were moments in the show where I felt like I was watching, like a David Lynch, type of movie, mm-hmm. or or yep. a David Lynch type of show, or even um, Hitchcock. Yeah, but you know David Lynch, he throws in these surreal moments yeah um and uh, where, where people are reacting in one way and then the other people are reacting in another way and some people don't notice what's happening on the scene that they're actually in um and then including these uh these ads as well that are very tangential to the storyline but they could mean something um i think it it's it's a very it's a very interesting mishmash of a 60s style sitcom mixed in with characters from the mcu that we already know that we know their history and then throw in sprinkles of just random weirdness um that's a good way to put it it's it's it you know what it also reminded me of of, uh, of Pleasant Bill. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah, definitely. So many vibes of Pleasant Bill. Yeah. Um, so anyway, anyway, just, just to say, I really enjoyed the show. I'm hoping to understand what's going on because unlike you, I have no idea either what's coming up because I haven't seen the previews um, or what's coming up because I haven't read any of the comics. So I'm just going along with it. That's the best it. way to do it, though, man. Like, you know, going in and 
not knowing what to expect. At least I, I feel like I have a little bit of, of an expectation. And if, you know, the, oh, the always, uh, the risk with that is if it doesn't go my way, I might be disappointed. <laughs> you right. know? Um, but for you, it's, it's great. You, you know, you won't be disappointed if it goes one way or the other. All right. Okay. So, so let's, let's dive into a little bit of, of spoilers here. Okay. So, uh, like I was saying in the ads, you have sounds and, and I rewound it to make sure that I was listening to this correctly, but the toaster has the, the, the Iron Man kind of twang, right? You're talking about the, uh, the commercial break. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it yep. does have the twang, right? Yeah, I wasn't. It's got I wasn't, that repulsor. Uh, it's the Iron Man repulsor sound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So so what's what's the whole purpose of having all these uh, commercial breaks in between? Um, is this something that they're implanting on Wanda? Is is um, uh, is somebody trying to get in her head, or is she just dreaming this? Because like I was saying. David Lynch likes to uh, f- sometimes do stuff like a dream or a nightmare type of thing. And this felt kind of like that. I mean, especially yeah. when, when, when uh, Vision's boss is choking. That is so Lynchian, dude. It's, it, 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 it was like Twin Peaks type of thing. Um, I loved it. It was great because you have this character who's literally dying. You have these other two characters who kind of break the mold of the sitcom and, and where, where, where they, they just fall into their regular characters, right? And, she, and Wanda tells Vision, you got to save him. And then the dude's wife is just laughing but then her composure starts to change and her demeanor starts to change and her tone of voice starts to change. And she even kind of starts crying because the character sort of realizes that her husband's about to die. And then Vision saves him and it all snaps back into the sitcom thing. Mm-hmm. Great. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I love it. They even changed the style of how they were shooting it. They went from, you know, the multi-camera sitcom style straight into the single camera. And I was like, oh, wow. This, like, suddenly turned into, like, the Twilight Zone, you know, the way that they shot it. And you Um, feel it. You feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so unsettling. I think that was the moment that hooked me on the show. Up to that point, I was like, all right, where the heck is this going? (laughs) And then once that happened, I was like, oh, shoot. This is, like, this can get dark, you know? So um, I I didn't catch any of what you were talking about, like the Iron Man repulsor and all that until, like, a second rewatch. And also it was because, you know, I I had read some forums. I was like, oh, yeah, let's watch for this. And then, um, you know, and then I, I realized then, oh, wow, like that, also the blinking light with the toaster, that's kind of like, throwing you know referring to when she was describing along with Pet- pietro um in age of ultron about their experience watching the stark bomb sitting in front of them for two days right, and blinking right. and not okay. knowing it's going to go off okay all right reopening the mcu with this is i think it's a phenomenal like show and and, and piece of content to go with for sure um and boy so what a reopening it was because a whole year without any MCU content was was brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So, so, so how is this? How is this um, whole thing gonna 
tie into the MCU because I've, as I've heard it, this is gonna run into Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin Feige said that this is going to lead straight into um, the what is it? Is it Multiverse of Madness? Is that the yeah. name of the yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? Um, which I, I'm so excited about because Sam Raimi is doing it. Okay, so so episode two, we we get we get this the world kind of turning to color. Right, at the very end, yeah, yeah. Um, She's pregnant, right? Yep. And then, along that that episode, we see this. Is it a helicopter? Is it a helicopter or a toy helicopter? Or... Yeah, it's a toy helicopter that is in red and yellow. I don't know if there's any Stark or you know Iron Man um, connections for that, but on the on the helicopter is his logo. And uh, that logo is straight from the comics, and it belongs to a group uh, called Sword, which you know is on the other side of Shield, which is another Marvel governmental agency. But uh, Sword, um, in the comics, their job is to face uh, intergalactic threats. You know, they're more space facing um, mm-hmm. versus Shield is more domestic, you know, like uh, on world facing. Um, so, I, I but I think in this. In this universe, um, at least based on some content I've seen, the, this organization, Sword, uh, their job is to is to um, monitor the superheroes, um, because I think like the SW and Sword stands for sentient weapon. Um, so they see okay. these these you know people like Wanda and and uh, Vision, um, if he's real, <laughs> as a sentient weapon. So they they, they got to keep an eye on them. So so do you think that? And and this is going back to your to your comment saying that if if Vision is real, do you think maybe this could be a construct of Wanda? I, I think it's likely it is, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go a different way where like he is actually um maybe this is somehow Wanda trying to reboot vision or trying to trying to put him back together uh, and trying to imbue him with the memories um, that they're creating here. I, I don't know, but I, I, I tend to think he's probably a construct of, of her, you know, her powers. Um, but we'll see. We, we never, we never did see if Shuri was able to extract um, visions essence, right? Yeah, it's true. Yep. So that could still be in the cards, right? Yeah, she might have gotten enough. Um, we we're talking about back in Infinity War, right? Mm-hmm. Where yep. they were trying to get Vision out so that they can destroy the stone. But you know that didn't supposedly didn't happen in time. But how much does she get? You know, I think that is uh, it's a good question. I think I'm hopefully hopefully we learn about that in the show. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I mean, in order for Vision to exist as we know him. You would need the Infinity Stone, right? Yeah, but um, going back to before the color change, though, I don't know if you caught on to this, but there was actually a subtle decade shift in Episode Two. the The first episode is um, a homage to the '50s sitcom era, and then which a lot of those shows bled into the '60s, um, where they were able to start, you know, portraying things that are more. Uh, risque that might have not have been allowed uh, in the 50s. For mm-hmm. example, in the 50s, 
couples had to sleep separately from one right. another. So you remember the first scene in the second episode, mm-hmm. what is the first thing she does? Well, she brings the beds together. And so that was kind of like a subtle shift to the sixties. Um, and I think, I think portraying alcohol might have been something that is, that wasn't as, as, uh, as widely done in the fifties and on the sixties, obviously, <clears throat> Yeah, that scene where um, you know the, all the all the all the moms or the women were together and planning this talent show, and then Agnes pulls out her flask with the alcohol, and mm. uh, and that was another subtle change, and also the camera camera style change too. So um, I didn't realize that until like after I watched the second time, I was like, oh wow, this is like different than the fit in the first episode, but it was still black and white. So the change is definitely not as jarring as like the change will be going to the seventies when you know we're in living color, literally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the fact that she's pregnant now, this is maybe some wish fulfillment, right? In her mind, mm-hmm. um, is yep. this something that um, could could they be impregnating her or? Yeah. And this so because th- w- by the way, we're just speculating here, guys. It, we're in the spoiler section, so yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about this. JC probably doesn't know anything about this, so we're just. Throwing things at the wall to see if something. Yeah, sticks. we'll see what sticks, and then we'll be like, "Oh, we knew this all along." You know, <laughs> later on, right? Um, yeah. So, so uh, in the comics, Wanda's Wanda does have end up having two child, two children, um, and these two children are actually um, <laughs> pieces of a of a character. I believe I I, I, I might get this wrong, but I remember. Um, that her children are related to this this villain called Mephisto somehow, which is like the Marvel version of the devil. Okay. Um, I think they're pieces of the devil's soul or something like that. I don't know. If that's the direction they're gonna go, but it could be. Uh, there's a there's a prevalent theory which is that these you know that whoever's trying to manipulate her is trying to get. Uh, her children so that they can you know do nefarious things with it i don't know that's that's how it's going to be that'll be mm-hmm. really interesting if they go that route very dark and dark um, yeah but cool <laughs> because you know like jimmy Wu, who is i think it's jimmy Wu at least uh, randall park um played by randall park he the voice that comes through the radio asking wanda who's doing this to you who's doing this to you suggests that somebody is doing this to her um, or perhaps like it's a combination of her wanting to do this, but someone's also taking advantage of her creating this reality, um, mm-hmm. which would be really interesting. I think, I think episode three, we're probably going to learn more about that. Um, hopefully, you know, they start moving the plot forward in that sense. Cause that is what, that is one worry I do have, which is like, okay, we do the sitcoms, which is awesome. You know, we have a homages to these different decades of television, but it might get really repetitive in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully every episode, as every episode goes on, they'll move the plot forward more, or some people might lose interest. Um, but so far, I, you know, I'm I'm still very intrigued. All right, and then finally, this is this is final final speculation. How do you think this is gonna actually tie into uh, Doctor Strange, multiverse of madness? I think I think it might set up Wanda to be the villain. Or at least really someone who is being controlled by the villain okay. um, to to create this 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 madness that's being discussed. I don't know. Okay, um, interesting. Like just totally speculation, but I feel like 
well, obviously the movie's going to dive into the multiverse, right? Which is, you know, a, a construct of different realities within the Marvel universe that exists in the comics too. So mm. it could be that maybe Wanda decides she wants vision back so bad, badly that she travels, you know, to the a different multiverse to bring that vision, uh, you know, back into her life. I don't know. Um, that would be an interesting route to go. And it would be definitely a legitimate motivation for the character and for her to kind of have a, you know, I don't care about anything anymore. I just want vision back attitude and, and have that selfishness um, be capitalized by, you know, like by, uh, I think, who are they saying would be a villain in the, in the movie? I forgot. Oh, shoot slips on mind right at the moment, but whoever the big bad is, you know, can take advantage of that and use her enormous powers um, against Dr. Strange and, and reality as a whole. I think that would be a really interesting angle they go with. Um, I don't know if they're going to go that way, but um, I will say when I learned that Wanda was going to be in, in, in Dr. Strange, I was like, Oh, that's going to be really cool. And I hope, I really hope Dr. Strange shows up in this show. I like, have Benedict Cumberbatch oh, wow. show up as that character in this show would be like, you know, huge. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, you know what? We're talking about this coming right before Doctor Strange, and that didn't even come up for me. I mean, I, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. But mm -hmm. That'd be awesome. That would yeah. be really awesome. Yeah. There was um, some speculation already that um, that beekeeper guy at the end that pops up out of the the manhole is Doctor yeah. Strange, but I don't know if that's true. I don't think it's him. What the hell is that all about? I know that's that was something else. Just like what is going? I'm telling that you, totally veered into Twilight Zone territory yeah, for me, I'm which is super you, awesome. Yeah, that's a David Lynch type of thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. All right. So, so it looks like you're excited for the show. I'm excited to see where the show goes. Right now, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um. And. Let's let's do this. How about how about we reconvene when this is all said and done after the last episode? We do this again and see where we stand. I love that. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, JC, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Um, no. There's really nothing. I think uh, you know, only thing I want to say is you know, I hope I hope all the listeners stay safe. Um, please mask up. You know, it is um. It's a patriotic duty. Um, no matter if you're, uh, you know, uh, listening from the U.S. or abroad, you know, you would be a, a patriot for your country and fellow countrymen to, you know, make sure that you're protecting your your loved ones and and their loved ones by, um, you know, just just being being a, a good neighbor. And um, you know, I think we'll all get through this, and eventually, uh, I'll be able to visit you, Richard, and. In Disney World, I've actually never yeah. been, so I'm very excited for that. And, All right, um, too and great. just the last, last uh, veering back to Star Wars, I cannot wait to go to Galaxy's Edge, even though it's sequel trilogy driven. Oh man, I can't wait to fly the Millennium Falcon. So uh, we'll <laughs> get through this. I think, um, you know, I think at least here in America, um, uh, I, I think we're we're headed into a, a brighter future, you know, where, um, we're going to have better direction from those who are leading us. And, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to, we're going to emerge from this. We're going to be stronger and, um, you know, we're all going to have, have the fortunate or unfortunate, you know, ability to say we've lived through history. So, yes. um, at least we've got the Mandalorian and, and, you know, 
and WandaVision and other streaming services to get us through this. So. Yes, indeed. All right, JC, where can people find you on social media if you uh, want them to contact you? Um, you know, let's just do Twitter. At VeryBigBird06 is my Twitter account. Um, I apologize. I'm very political. All right. <laughs> um, I'm, like, like Richard said, I do some uh, political organizing work, so a lot of my posts will be politics-related, but here and there I do post, you know, about, um, uh, you know, my my, my – take pictures of Lego and that kind of thing. So I do post there every once in a while. I'm just getting back into Twitter. So, um, yeah, follow me and, uh, I'll follow you back and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll stay connected. All right. We'll do. So you can find us on Twitter at media review pod. That's media R E V U E pod. And you can send us emails with questions, comments, and suggestions to media review pod at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail by calling 407-603-5847. Please don't forget to subscribe to our feed and rate and review the pod with five beautiful, beautiful stars. JC, it has been super awesome to talk to you. Keep an eye out for another invite from me to talk about Star Wars. All right? I can't wait, man. It's going to be fun. All right. And to all our listeners out there, let's treat each other nice. Wear your masks. Practice physical distancing. And make something. Express it. Live it. Feel it. But please, please, please don't forget to breathe. Till next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.